Well, um, I want to talk about the glory tonight. And you hear a lot of talk about the glory in our day, don't you? I mean, I'm sure you've heard a lot about the glory. Um, and we even refer to the glory a lot. And we praise with, you know, in our praise songs, we have things about the glory. And in our prayers, we ask the Lord for the glory. And, you know, sometimes I don't even know if we really know what we're asking for. Or maybe we have a preconceived idea of what the glory is. And uh, I think what we do is that it's not that our thinking is wrong in the glory. I think it's just limited. That we just have like maybe one little idea. Oh, well, the glory is when the cloud of when a cloud comes into the church. But that's just one little part of what the glory is. Amen. So we're real. We kind of we tend we tend to kind of make things a lot littler than they are in God. Amen. And uh, but so I don't think we really have wrong thinking about the glory. But I think we need to think bigger about the glory. Amen. And I want the glory. I know you do. I want you to turn over to Psalm chapter twenty-four and verse one. But what got me thinking? about the glory and uh, thinking about this was I, I read after a woman and she wrote this she, and I'll just give you her quote and then you can write this down because I think it would be really good for you to meditate upon. It says, she said, praise until the spirit of worship comes, worship until the glory comes, then stand in the glory. She said, praise until the spirit of worship comes, Worship until the glory comes, then stand in the glory. And it, this really grabbed my heart because, for one thing, I've been desiring the glory. But for another thing, this has kind of been our policy in this church, only we didn't take it out this far. But when we first started, and you may remember in membership class, we told you something like, something to the effect of, um, that we... Um, um, that we don't try to make worship happen, that we wait till a spirit of worship comes. I don't know exactly how we said it in membership class, but we don't try to, we don't try to work something up in this church. We come in and we praise the Lord, and if worship comes, then we worship, and if it doesn't, we don't spend an hour and a half or two hours trying to make something happen. And, you know, that wasn't always the case in our ministry. I know when we first started out uh, early in the charismatic movement, you know, we thought you did, you were supposed to sing for an hour and a half in church. I remember uh, when we first started, well, we had some visitors. And, and these are these chairs back here, these, these plastic chairs here were the chairs that we believed God for and started with in our, in our first church, these, these plastic chairs. And we had, I think we had a hundred of them, and we were beginning to need more than that. And, uh, and, and this was back when we worshiped for an hour or something like that. And, and so we had some visitors one Sunday from the Methodist church and we were receiving an offering to buy some more chairs, 50 more chairs or something to that effect. And we were receiving the offerings to do that. And I remember after church and he was, understand he came from the Methodist church. I don't know how they do it in the Methodist church, but in the Baptist church, we sit down some songs and we stood up some songs, but we didn't ever stand up very long. Not certainly not an hour straight worshiping. And so I remember after the service, this guy, um, R.D., he came up to Michael and he said, I don't know what y'all need chairs for. Y'all don't ever sit down. And, uh, and, uh, and so, <laughs> and we didn't at that time. It was like, man. And, uh, well, I mean, we'd wear the poor old saints out, like Brother Hagin says. And, um, but we got a different slant on that, and we began to let the Spirit move us instead of us trying to move the Spirit. 
Uh, and so, so that's why this phrase, praise until the spirit of worship comes, worship until the glory comes, and then stand in the glory, uh, began to caught my heart, and it just grabbed my heart, and I've been meditating on that for some time. Let's read in Psalm chapter 24, and we're going to read the entire chapter. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your hands, O ye gates, your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory, Selah. So, you know, when I know this is an Old Testament passage and so forth, and, and don't get bogged down saying, oh, you know, who can go into the hill of the Lord? Well, you know, just those with clean hands and a pure heart. You know, I know that I'm really not pure. And I know you are pure. You've been purified by the blood of Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have immediate access to God. Amen. And praise God, we, the King of glory wants to come in on you in a big way. Amen. And this, we are that generation that he talks about in verse 6. We're the generation that seek him, and we seek his face. Now, this is kind of unique. I, I, I may get ahead of myself a little. I'm probably going to teach this more than once because I've got several things to share with you. But um, we've kind of been taught not to expect to see Jesus. But really and truly, if he didn't want us to seek him, see him, why did he say seek his face? I believe we're supposed to see him. I believe we're supposed to see him. Family, we, have a, we are a spirit. We have a spirit, man, and we can see things with the eyes of our spirit. And all of you are seeing things every day with the eyes of your spirit. You know what? We're sitting around waiting on seeing visions and dreams, and you're already seeing visions and dreams. You're already seeing things by the Spirit of God. You see things all the time. You pray and you see things. You see things. You see things. You do. And so we'll talk more about that later. Turn to Hosea chapter 2, but just to kind of wet your whistle. I saw Jesus the other night. Now, you know, when I tell you, I've told you several times that Jesus just walked into the room. And, 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 and when, I, um, uh, when, I, when I have seen Jesus walk into the room in our church several times in this building, several times in the first building, I do not see him with my physical eye. I just see him in my in my spirit. I'm just a, aware of this presence and I just and you you can see this thing too. This is not spooky, this is not weird. You can see these things, you can be aware, and, and, and all of a sudden I will just see these this it's really like these robes that he wears and, and this sash and, and every time I've seen him he's had on a different color sash. Um uh, and um, you know, or whatever you would call it. I don't know what you'd call it, but across there, huh? A banner, a sash, something. And um so, but I know, I, rem I every time I have been aware of his presence here, and the last time that I was aware that he walked in the room, if you'll remember, he healed one of our people that had a headache for four days, a migraine, four days, and he healed her instantly. And he just came in and healed her. And um, 
but I did never see his face. It was just like I would, I'm not aware of his face. But, the, uh, but as I begin to get the faith for it, see, everything is by faith. And a lot of times we're sitting around waiting on seeing the glory. God, I want to see the glory, but we receive these things by faith, just like we receive our healing by faith, just like we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost by faith, just like we receive salvation by faith. We see His glory by faith. And we believe we receive it, and we just say, I see the glory. I see it. I see the glory. And, 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 and we see that we begin to see things. Um, we see... so. The face of Jesus I was not seeing until I realized that the God had said in His Word, Seek my face. You know, and so I began to believe Him to see His face. And the first time I saw Him, He was laughing. And I saw a, um, uh, I saw Jesus, and I didn't see the 24 elders around Him, but I saw all these crowns at His feet, and He had a crown on His head, and He was laughing, and He took the crown off His head, and He threw it toward earth, and splendor and glory just... And that's just what he... Family, he just did that. He's doing that. He's th he threw his crown and the splendor and glory of God. I'm talking about just sparkly splendor hit the earth. The glory is hitting the earth right now. The glory of God. Amen. And, and then, you know, a couple of Sundays ago, saw the glory of God come in like gold, like golden lava. Come in, it was kind of coming in and it rolled in. It's like honey or like lava and it rolls in. I think the reason we run and dance, I think that's one of the, that, that, that is usually one of the first responses when we begin to get into the river of God. I think the reason is that it is because it affects our feet first. When you step into a river, the first thing it affects is what? Unless you're one of those brave people that dives in head first. <laughs> it gets your feet first. It gets on your feet first. And we get in that glory. All of a sudden our feet want to start doing something. So somebody will take off running or take off dancing because the glory of God's touching your feet. Amen? Now that's not the only part it affects, but that's why we've seen a lot of running and dancing in our day. Amen? Okay, are y'all in Hosea chapter 2, verse 21? And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth, and the earth shall hear the corn, and the wine, and the oil, and they shall hear Jezreel, and, it, and I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy, and I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. Now this is a scripture that's all about harvest. You need to put a little bracket or something around these verses, and you need to write out harvest by the side. And, and these scriptures are all about harvest. But one of the most important things in these scriptures is that God says in these scriptures, He says, I will sow to the earth. Now, I told you I was, uh, um, I, I, I read, I read uh, this, and, and this is what um, I read. I read this quote here. If we sow to the heavens, God will sow to the earth. Now, you need to write that down and remember it. There's two things you need to remember in this teaching that I'm doing on the glory is that the first thing, praise until the spirit of worship comes, worship until the glory comes, then stand in the glory. And we're going to go on more into that uh, at a later time of what the glory is and so forth. But we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're getting there in steps, okay? But then this other phrase, if we sow to the heavens, God will sow to the earth. This is of very big magnitude. This is very important. 
This is a very, very important key. Do y'all believe that God gives us the keys of the kingdom? Do y'all believe that God has a plan? Do y'all believe God has a plan for harvest? He has a plan, and this is part of His plan, is that if we will sow to the heavens, He will sow to the earth. If you really get into perspective about harvest, you know there's very little we can do. Now, I know we can go out and we can be a blessing, but when you think about how many billion people are on earth, there's very little we can do. God's gonna, there's going to have to be some supernatural something involved in this, isn't there? I mean, when you think about reaching billions of people, and even some of you that have been out to witness, when you see the hearts of people. I know Chad, and you know, he gave testimony Wednesday night about how him and Jeremy went to McFarland Mall, and they went, won eight people to the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. But they encountered some hardness. I mean, he'll tell you about it. One kid, he said, told them, hell is beautiful. And they said, well, who told you that? And they said, who did they say? I can't remember that person's name. Marilyn Manson told them that hell was beautiful. Well, they're going to be shocked when they walk in, aren't they? But they are. I mean, they're going to find out if hell is beautiful. But see, there's some hardness out there. We got to have something from heaven, don't we? We're going to have to have something from heaven. And this is a major key. It, there's, let's read those verses again in verse 21. Because now you know if we sow to the heavens, God will sow to the earth. And so keep that in mind as we read. And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth, and the earth shall hear the corn and the wine and the oil, and they shall hear Jezreel, and I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people. And they shall say, Thou art my God. I want you to notice some things here. First of all, the word Jezreel means God sows. Jezreel means God sows. I think that's very interesting. God is not only a harvester. See, we've seen God as a harvester. We have no problem seeing God as the chief harvester. But I want to tell you something also. God is the chief sower. He is also the chief sower, and he sows to the earth. And corn, wine, and oil there are all symbols of revival. The corn, the wine, and the oil are all symbols of revival. Turn over to Revelation chapter 19, and let's look over there. So if we sow to the heavens, God will sow to the earth. Revelation chapter 19, and verse 5. And it says, And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord omnipotent, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Hallelujah. Oh man, this is a powerful scripture. Heaven is calling the body of Christ right now to praise him. Heaven is calling the body of Christ to praise right now. I want you to notice some things here in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 5. First of all, in verse 5, let's, let's see who is to praise Him. It says, And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye His servants. So there's the first people that are to praise Him. All ye His servants. And then He goes on to say, Ye that fear Him. And then He says, Both small and great. You know, when we get to praising, that is one realm where we are all equal. The small is just as 
the small and the great, we're all equal in the realm of praise. Amen? So, so you can see that we're to praise Him. And then in verse 6, He tells us how to praise Him. He says, And I heard, as it were, the voice. We are to praise Him with our voice. The voice is our instrument of praise. There are only two instruments of praise in the New Testament. Now, you may have been taught differently than this at different times, but I'm sorry, you were taught sincerely, but you were taught wrong. There are two instruments of praise in the New Testament, and that is the voice and the lifted hand. I know people have asked before, well, why don't y'all clap in this church? Because I'm telling you, you go to a lot of churches and you never heard so much clapping in all of your life. Well, we don't clap in this church. We clap in time to the music, but we don't clap as a praise to God because clapping is not praise to God. Clapping is praise to men. When we go to a football game, we clap. When we go to a gymnastics meet, we clap. Hallelujah. We do all, we can clap for all sorts of reasons. We can clap because we're excited. You know, if somebody walks up and gives me a check for $10 million, I may clap, jump, shout, run. I don't know what I may do. I may clap because I'm excited. And it, clapping can be an expression of excitement, but clapping is never praise. Clapping is not worship. But it, we were taught in the body of Christ, I don't know how this even came about, that they'll say, give the Lord a clap offering. Well, there's no such thing as a clap offering. There are only The word clap is only used five times in the whole Bible. They are all Old Testament. Four of them are not even remotely related to praise. The fourth, the fifth one, which is Psalm 47.1, is not even really related to praise. He's not talking about praise. He's talking about, uh, he's talking about a, a shout of triumph. He's shout, talking about an excitement over a victory. He's not talking about praising God. We cannot praise and worship God by clapping. And, and, and I have noticed, now, Brother Hagen, if you want to read more about this, I don't really have time to go into it tonight, but Brother Hagen taught this to the body of Christ. The body of Christ was going off in the wrong direction with that clapping thing. And God had to appear to him. To, sometimes God has to appear to somebody to get them straightened out. Well, the most reliable person on the face of the earth for God to appear to, to tell them this, is Kenneth E. Hagen. Family, he has got something like 60 or nearly 60 something years of ministry, and he's not had a bobble. There's never been a scandal, and, he, and there never will be. Amen. Amen. And, and, but he wrote this, and I was going to tell you when this was published, but he goes into great detail about this. In, well, when was this first published? This says 97. 96. It, is that right? 86, 1986. Okay, so in 1986, right before camp meeting, the Lord Jesus appeared to him. Jesus has appeared to Brother Hagin several times and, and, and before he went out and began to teach faith to the body of Christ. And, and, you know, God used Brother Hagin to restore faith to the body of Christ. Brother Copeland and some of them have carried it on further, but Brother Hagin uh, uh, took up where... Smith Wigglesworth, who has, who has already gone to be with the Lord, where he left off. Brother Hagin took that up and has taught faith to the body of Christ. And, and all the other faith teachers of the day, we, we are the children or grandchildren of Brother Kenneth E. Hagin in the faith movement. But Jesus appeared to him and straightened out the thing about clapping right before camp meeting. Well, there's been a lot of controversy about it, but I'm telling you what, he's, his, all of his other visions of Jesus are reliable, so why won't we believe this one? 
And I believe it. I'm sorry. I believe it. And I believe it because I trust the man. But I believe it because of more than that. Because uh, I believe it because we've proved it out. We've watched. We visit churches where I tell you what, where they... you. <laughs> And you know what happens is they subvert their anointing. There is an anointing to speak with the voice. But I've noticed when churches clap, they quit speaking with their voice and they quit praising. And the anointing is just, they're, they're, it's a very shallow, it's a very shallow praise. It's a very shallow thing. I don't want to go into that tonight, but I needed to say a little bit about it in order to get you headed in the right direction. God delights in praise. We're not going to look up all these scriptures, but Psalm 26, 7 says that talks about a voice of thanksgiving. Remember, our voice is the instrument of praise in the New Testament. Our voice and our lifted hands. The Ephesians says, lifting up holy hands. Amen? Psalm 47, 1 talks about a voice of triumph. Psalm 98.5 talks about the voice of a psalm. Psalm 118.15 talks about the voice of rejoicing. And there in John chapter, there in Revelation chapter 19, the apostle John, he talks about there in verse 6, we were just looking at it, the voice of a great multitude. And then he talks, he goes on to talk about the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunderings. I want to tell you something. God likes exuberant praise. Exuberant and, and loud praise. You say, well, God's not deaf. But, but like some preacher said, He's not nervous either. Amen? And so, and you just can't tell me that the voice of a great multitude, that the voice of many waters, and the voice of mighty thunderings is a real soft praise. I tell you, it thundered so loud the other morning I was sitting on the front porch, it nearly knocked me off the front porch. It did. It thundered loud. Thunder is loud. And this talks about mighty thunderings. Not one thunder, not one mighty thunder, but mighty thunderings. And so proud is, uh, praise is exuberant and should be exuberant. In verse 6 there, look at that. It says, it, it, he, he gives us an idea here. He says, as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Now, praise is not only exuberant, but praise is always a voice of victory. Praise is always a voice of victory. You cannot praise very long without getting over in the victory. Amen? The enemy fights praise. He fights praise because praise is the voice of victory. Or, or we like to say it like this, praise is the language of faith. Praise is the language of faith. So the enemy fight praise. You can't praise long until you've entered into victory. You know you can pray, and I love prayer, I love to pray. But you know you've been taught in this church not to pray the problem. You've been taught in this church, you know we need really need to get our minds off of ourselves. We got stinking thinking, you know, need a check up from the neck up, you know. We do. And we got our minds on ourselves. And it don't take long praying. You know, it's not just praying the problem. You can pray about something, but you can also pray around it. You know, you're not praying the problem. I'm not praying the problem, but I'm praying all around this thing. And you can just pray around something and pray the problem until you just begin to, until your faith begins to waver. See, you, first of all, you start out and you see the problem as it is. But if you pray around it long enough, pretty soon it's going to become bigger than it really is. And finally, it'll become overwhelming. 
But see, when you praise, you always enter into victory. You always enter into victory. And, 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 you know, some of us, we believed, we received, and we've been walking around believing, and we truly did. We, we prayed the prayer of faith, and we believed we received. And like Pastor said in that scripture, uh, nothing is moving us. But I tell you, it's time that we did move. It's time that we moved out of the problems and that we moved out of the, the situations of this world. It's time for us to move out of the symptoms. It's time for us to move out of the, the onslaught of the enemy and the attack. If you're always under attack of the enemy, I've got a solution for you tonight. I hadn't told anybody this, but uh, I've been putting this into practice, what I'm teaching you tonight for a while. And I'll tell you, I've had some major, major victories in my life very easily things i've been standing for for i'm not talking about um i'm not talking about a couple of months i'm talking about a couple of years just slip off of you i'm talking i'm talking this is the key you know we're believing for the overflow family this is one of the keys for getting in that overflow realm i'm telling you you slip you you can slip up into that glory realm Amen. And, and, and this is powerful. This is, this is good stuff here. Um, so praise is uh, always going to put us over into the victory. I, I remember this story Brother Hagin told a long uh, time ago, and I, I, I haven't heard him, I haven't listened to the tapes that it's on in a while, so I'll try to get it to you. I, I may not know all the details, but I know the basics of it. But there was a preacher that he knew and had tuberculosis. He was a traveling minister. He was an evangelist. And he had tuberculosis and he was, he was just getting progressively worse. Now every church he went to to have a revival, he would ask them to pray for him and to hook up with him. And I'm telling you what, you know, he was a Pentecostal evangelist. There is no, I tell you what, there are Pentecostal people that can pray heaven and earth together. I mean, I have known some of them. They can get it done. They can get it done. And so this man was growing progressively worse, and he, he, they finally had to just go home and to his in-law's house and, and just live with him. He was too bad to travel anymore. And so his wife and his mother-in-law were out doing the laundry in the backyard. You know how they used to do it in the olden days. Praise God, that's over. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Um, and... Um, and so he thought, well, you know, I'm just about to die. I'm near death anyway. I'm just going to go out. To, he, he looked out the window and saw an old tree, an oak tree or something, and he just wanted to go down and get under that tree. And so he drug himself down there. It took him uh, an hour or over to get there. And it wasn't that far down the road, but just to get there, he just drug himself. And by the time he got there, he just fell and collapsed under the tree. He was exhausted. And, you know, he didn't, he, he just had to lay there a while to regroup himself. But after he got rested a little, he said, Lord, I, I, I can tell that if prayer was going to do this, it would already been done. Because they prayed for me all over. And, and, and some marvelous people have prayed for me. And he said, in fact, Lord, if, if, just, if, if just part of the people I asked to pray for me, prayed for me. And he said, I've had people commit to pray for me all over the, the United States. And they said they would. And if just a few of them actually followed through, God, there's been so much prayer go up for me that, that, that if, if prayer was going to do it, it'd be done by now. And so he said, I, I'm just going to praise you I'm just going to praise you until I either die or something happens. 
And he, he sat in and he began to praise the Lord. And he was so weak. And he just began to praise the Lord. And at the end of an hour, they said he was standing up. He was praising God. He started in a whisper. He was praising God so loud that they could hear him three or four miles away. He was praising God that loud. Because when he began to praise the Lord, he began to get the manifestation of his healing. Some of you have been waiting for some manifestation of healing, but you've also been waiting for some manifestation of finances. Some of you have been believing God for the manifestation of some other things, and I'm giving you, by the Holy Ghost tonight and by His instruction, I'm giving you a major key tonight. Amen? Amen. To get some things broke through in your life. Praise God. And besides all that, to see the glory of God. You're going to begin to sense the anointing like you've not sensed it before. You're going to begin to see His face. You're going to begin to see, see Jesus walk into your house. You're going to begin to hear His voice. He's going to begin to tell you things about your situation and about your revival. He's going to, I mean, the other day we were praying in the prayer room with another pastor. I had a headache. I don't have headaches, but I had a headache. And we were praying and, and we got to praising the Lord. And the Jesus walked in that room and He came over to me, put his hands on my head and he said, there, I took care of that. And you know what? That headache went away. And then he walked over. I saw him walk over to that woman, to the, the woman and he said something to her. He walked over to that pastor and he said something to him. And I didn't tell them, but I told my husband about it. I mean, you know, people start saying, well, you know, they're weird. They're always seeing something, you know. Well, we need to be seeing into another realm. Amen. And you're going to see and hear like you've never saw and heard before. Because you're going to praise until the spirit of worship comes. And then, and you know what? I found out because I began to put this into practice. When I read that one little quote, I said, I can do, I'm going to do that. And you know what? I found out. You see, we think and the devil tells us, well, you'll have to pray six hours before the spirit of worship will come. I found that's not the case. I found it comes very quickly. And then when the spirit of worship comes, and we'll talk about this more as we go on, but worship, uh, praise and worship, it's sometimes a little bit hard to tell the difference, but praise is, 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 is usually more wordy, and, 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 but, but, and it's, it has an element of thanksgiving sometimes, but, but really praise is not thanking Him for what He's done in our lives. That is a part of, we can thank Him for what He's done in our lives, and He loves to be thanked for what He's done in our lives, but that's really not praise. Praise is just hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you Jesus. Glory to God, well, I magnify you, I exalt you. But, but then when worship comes, you'll find that, that, that not only will you not be as exuberant, you'll be a little quieter, but you'll also also be less wordy. I know when worship comes, you begin to want to say things like, oh, you're worthy. You're just so worthy, Lord. Oh, you're holy. And I mean, you just begin to, oh, sense His presence and, and just enjoy His presence. And then I tell you, you know what happens? After you've worshipped Him a little while, the glory comes. And when the glory comes, I've noticed you don't always see something. Sometimes you begin to see something. But what happens is usually you just, there's such a peace that comes, such a rest. The glory is rest. There's such a a rest that comes and live it's literally it's kind of a holy hush nearly you can't hardly find words to say and you're just standing there in his presence and if you'll use your faith when you're standing there in his presence you can see things praise god and so um praise is not the end it's the beginning 
Now, we've been notorious in the body of Christ for being pretty good praisers. We've caught on to praising, and we are pretty good praisers. But see, praise brings the anointing, and a lot of times when we sense the anointing, we say, well, there it is, and we stop, and we don't go on. Praise brings the anointing in. Praise brings the anointing. But when praise, praise brings the anointing, we need to go on and, 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 when, and, and praise until the spirit of worship comes. Worship until the glory comes. And then stand in His glory. And in His glory are miracles, are manifestations. In His glory are where your healings are. There, I tell you what, healing is easy in His glory. Problems are fixed easy in His glory. You start walking through your house and doing this and getting the glory in your house, and I tell you what, it will start to change things. And I tell you what, and, and as we sow praise to the earth, God said He's going to sow... As we sow praise to heaven, I've said that wrong. As we sow praise to heaven, God sows to the earth. I read this story about this, this group of students, and they had a leader too, and they went to Jerusalem to live, and, um, and they didn't know ex they were going under the direction of the Holy Spirit, and they didn't know exactly what they were supposed to do when they got there. And, and, and they had preacher come by and preach to them, and he said, you need to get out in the streets and give out tracts. And man, tracts are wonderful, aren't they? And they are good, and sometimes that's the plan of God. But they had a check like, that's not what we're supposed to do here. And you know what? Every country is different, and every country has a plan, and every city's different, and every city has a plan, and every church is different, and every there's a different plan for every church. Amen? And we got to find the plan. Too long we have had a plan and asked God to bless our plan. You know, we've gone to school to find out a plan. Oh, we did it ourselves. You go to what you call a church growth conference, and they tell you how to grow your church. They tell you how to grow it. And sometimes it works. But sometimes you also get a growth you don't want to get. You can. You can get a growth you don't want. You can get a whole church full of uncommitted people. Sometimes you can get it that way. And sometimes you, don't, you can do all the things they said to do and it don't grow either. Because God has a plan. Well, anyway, this group of, of young people, so the, they just sought the Lord. They sought Him and He said to them, he said, he, this is what He said to them. He said, you sow to heaven. And I'll sow to the earth. That's what he told them. And so they began to sow to the heaven in praise. And so as they were sowing to the heaven, and night after night they would come together and they would sow to the heaven in praise. And as they sowed to heaven in praise, they would hear some one night, finally, after several nights, the Lord spoke to them and said something about, and I don't know locations in Israel, but I, something to this effect that, that he was sowing to earth, and he was something that he was sowing to earth over in the Gaza Strip or something. And so they just put that on the shelf and thought, we'll wait. But you know, in a couple of days, they started to hear reports of some of, of a revival broke out and somebody's getting saved. And people are getting saved over in the Gaza Strip and so forth. And they begin to do this for a long time. I tell you, God is working in the earth. And as we sow to heaven, He's going to work in the earth. As we will sow to heaven, I tell you what, He will reign and sow into our city. He'll begin to tenderize the ground. He'll begin to soften up the ground. Amen. We may sow here. He may reign in. He may reign in in Romania. As we sow here, Hallelujah. We're for harvest, aren't we? We're for harvest. I tell you, I am for harvest. Praise God. As we sow to the heavens, He sows to the earth, and things begin to happen in the earth.
There's things happening. You know, do y'all ever see on TV, on CNN or anything, when they're talking about Israel, do y'all ever see those little Jewish men that are all dressed in black and they have a black hat on, they have the white beards and uh, all that? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Devout Jews. And uh, they, the, I, now I heard Billy Brim say this. She said, you know, that they're mean. And that they're really, they're, they're, they're mean, they're legalistic, they're very, they're hard on their people that, the, the, I'm talking about the priests of that, or the, they're not, are they called rabbis? Oh yeah, I knew I had that wrong. The rabbis, they're mean. And so, but you know what? There's people sowing to heavens and God's sowing on the earth. They say that of the rabbis, of, and that sect is called something, I don't know what that sect of Jews is called, but there's a name for them. But of that sect of Jews, and this was reported in 1998, I believe. Of that sect of Jews, the rabbis, one-third of them have received Messiah. He's appeared to them personally and told them he was the Messiah and they received him. They've not told anybody. Their people that are under these rabbis, the gossip, she said, in that part of Jerusalem where they live, they live in a section altogether. The gossip there is that our rabbis are all of a sudden real nice. We think they're drinking. <laughs> That's the gossip on the streets. But this group of rabbis have told somebody, now this is supposed to be documented, but I'm quoting Billy Brim. These rabbis say there's one-third of us saved when it re the Holy Ghost has told us when 50% of us are saved to go public with it. I'm telling you, God is moving in the earth. I mean, sometimes we don't realize how much God is moving. He has people in high places. He has people planted, godly men and women that are powerful and full of the Holy Ghost in the Pentagon and in the government. Amen? In high places there are people. And when we sow to heaven, He sows on earth and things are happening. Hallelujah. We have a big key here for affecting our city. You have a big key to affecting your home. If somebody in your home is not saved or is not doing right or is not living right, you need to, every time when you're at the house by yourself, you need to start doing this. You need to praise till the spirit of worship comes, worship till the glory comes, and then stand in the glory. And let the glory start to work at your house and in your, and let God start to work. What you couldn't do in the flesh, God will do supernaturally in the Spirit. I tell you, I've been putting this into practice, and I've seen some marvelous things break through in my own life. But besides all that, I'll tell you something else if y'all won't tell and won't go take the tape over there. But I hadn't, I've lived in this place where we live. How long we lived there? A year and a half, I guess. And I, I have a neighbor that I talk to more than the other neighbors, but I've had no opportunity in her life. And I tell you what, I've been doing this, and boy, I tell you, just recently, God opened a door of opportunity for me to talk to her, to tell her about the Lord, to tell her about His goodness. She was open. She opened the door. Now, she's a Christian. She's a Christian, but she doesn't know anything. She doesn't know nothing. She doesn't know anything. And boy, God opened a door. See, if we sow to the heavens, He'll sow to the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Boy, I tell you, this is good stuff. So praise is not the end, it's the beginning. Praise is just the entering in. You know, Psalm 100, and, Psalm 100 verse 4 says, "Enter." I, let's read that. I don't want to quote it wrong. I know I usually quote it wrong because when I started looking up my concordance, I couldn't find it. You know, that computer concordance is very legalistic. If you don't just type it in just right, it says, oh, no entry found. And I go, I know this is in there. Sometimes I get kind of mad at it. 
the Mac Barry is much more lenient. The Mac Bible will let you put, if you know two words in a verse, you can put, the, and even if they're not right beside each other, you can put the words with a comma between them, and it'll bring up all the scriptures. So you can narrow it down so that 500 scriptures don't come up. But you can't do that in PC Study Bible. And I um, just wanted to mention that for all the, those all those people that call it Macintrash instead of... <laughs> that wouldn't be anybody in this church. Um, <laughs> praise God. 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Enter in with thanksgiving. Enter in. Enter in with praise. See, praise is just the beginning. That's where you enter in. But bless God, after we get in, we need to get something. We need to get what we went after. We need to get what we went after after we enter in. We need to see what we came to see and hear what we came to hear. Hallelujah. And it won't be the bad report. It won't be the bad report. When you enter in and God begins to talk to you, it won't be the bad report. Now, um, let's see. i got to find where I'm at in my notes because I, I already preached some of this stuff I'm just now getting to. So uh, let, me give, let me pause just a second. Okay, second. Let me see. It's, it's not time to go yet. So let's just see where, where we can go from here. In turn over, well, I won't turn there, but I will just tell you this. Micah chapter 4, verse 2 says that he will teach us his ways. He will teach us his ways. Man, I tell you, if anything the church needs and anything I need, it's for God to teach me his ways. I've tried it my way. I've even tried the world's way. I've been to the church growth seminar. I've been to the, uh, I, I, hey, you know, we've been a lot of, we've learned, hey, we've learned the five steps to this, hadn't you? The seven steps to the this. We've learned those things. And praise God, there's truth in them. There's a measure of truth in them. There really is. Nothing wrong with them. But I want His ways. And He's got a way. He's got a way at your house to get done what needs to be getting done. He's got a way to get you out of debt. By the way, hallelujah, praise the Lord with Pastor and I, we paid off the last credit card debt. Thank that, right, hey, that writing out those checks, writing out those checks, writing out those checks for the full amount ahead of time, did that the first month. Couldn't pay it, but I made a big, but, 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 but I paid more than I'd been paying. We did that a couple of months, and the, about the third time we did that, don't know where it came from, don't know how we, don't know where it came from. But you know, you say, well, I'm going to go home and do that. Well, you could, but a better thing to do would be to find out His way for you. Now, if you have unction, if you heard me say that, and you have unction, that, that yeah, I'm supposed to do that. You know, because sometimes we'll hear somebody tell something and there'll be an unction behind us, behind it for us to do it. But as you enter in and praise Him, I tell you what, you'll find out what you're supposed to do. I tell you what, we're not, we don't have every debt paid yet, but I tell you what, we got all of them that's got a big, what do you call that, interest rate on it, tacked on the end of it. We got all them taken care of. Praise God. And, and, and you know what? We're paying for a house. We're having a paid-for house. And another, I saw it already. I saw it. We're having a celebration at our house. Y'all get ready to come to our house. I saw Tim. He was in the driveway with a, with a barbecue grill. He is cooking weenies. We is cooking hot dogs. We had a banner on our house, and we set helium balloons off. Hallelujah, because it's paid for. 
Hallelujah. So get ready to come. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. See, God will show you things. Hallelujah. So we need to find out His ways. You know, the church is, oh, I tell you what. Y'all get these, y'all, you're probably on some ministry mailing lists. I love Brother Copeland. Because I'm telling you, it's not hype. He sends you a letter, and I'm telling you, there's anointing on it. I tell you, I get revelation out of his letter. Sometimes I preach out of his letter. I'll preach a sermon out of his letter. He's so anointed. But I tell you, some of these ministers, these traveling ministers, and you'll know them when you see them, they hire professional fundraisers. And you can see, oh, I mean, they, you can spot the difference. Oh, I hate it when they say, Debbie, I was praying for you today. Because I'm going, that is the biggest lie. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that they weren't praying for their partners. Because they are sometimes. But there are people misled by that. I was praying for you today, and God showed me that if you would send $100 today, y'all, that is not even them. That is a professional fundraiser. They hire them. This is Hollywood stuff. This is Madison Avenue stuff. It's not God and it's not right. And I tell you what, if they would find His way and if they were doing what they're supposed to be doing, they wouldn't have to raise funds that way. And I love, and there's a bunch of ministries that don't do that, that are good places to sow your seed. Amen? Praise God. So, so that's one of the ways that, is, that are His way. You know, another thing that we've done in the body of Christ is the thing about Sunday school. You know, Sunday school was God's plan one time over in England. Do y'all know about Sunday school and how it came to be? I don't know the man's name or anything, but he was over in England, in London, I believe. He looked out on Sunday, and all these street kids didn't have anything to do on Sunday. They were just getting in trouble. And so he got the, the, the from the Lord, the Holy Ghost plan, to have a Sunday school. Well, I tell you what, we've made it an icon in America. But it's not God's plan for every church to have Sunday school. It's a good thing. It could be a good thing. It might not be a good thing. And, and so, you, we got to be led. It's not, I'm not criticizing churches that have it. They may be being led. But it's just one of those things that we've just assumed, man, if, if you are, there are people that will, oh, there are people that split churches over this. You know, when in Seminole, we had the Church of Christ that, that had Sunday school, and we had the Church of Christ that didn't have Sunday school. And then we had the Church of Christ that had a fellowship hall, and then we had the Church of Christ that didn't have a fellowship hall. And, you know, it was just a, it was just a mess. It really was. Well, those are man's ways. And God has a way. Now, I'm not just talking about churches here. God has a way for you. And one way we're going to find it is by sowing to the heavens and let God sow to the earth. So praise is one of the tools of harvest. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Don't want to go past the anointing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is it time to stop? Hallelujah. I think it's time to praise the Lord, don't y'all? Hallelujah. Well, we're going to finish this some other time. We want to talk about this some more. I, I was praying this afternoon. You know, I, I thought about a lot of ways to do this. I thought, because I thought, well, you know, you teach something like that, you really need to follow through. And you really need to praise the Lord. And so I thought, well, I'll, I could have Deanna not sing until the end, and then we could praise the Lord and everything. 
but I felt like I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, teach them how to do this like you do it at home. And so I thought, well, you know, that's really good because when they get home and need to do this, Deanna won't be there on the piano. And so there won't be anything to help them. You know, you're just going to have to reach down in. One thing I, I didn't get to, and I really need to get to in order for you to do this right tonight, so I'll just say this one little thought. But um, we have had the wrong interpretation of the sacrifice of praise. You know, in Hebrews it says, the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips giving thanks. And we in America interpret sacrifice as something you do just nearly against your will. Something that you make yourself do that you don't want to do. And, you know, we think of sacrifice like that. But God never looked at sacrifice that way. And He says in the Psalms, He, he says, I create the fruit of the lips. He says, I create the fruit of the lips. And then in Hebrews it says, the fruit of the lips giving praise. The sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips giving thanks. So if He creates the fruit of the lips, then He creates praise within us. So it's not really a big hardship on us. Amen? So tonight, we're just going to ask Him, since as He said that in the Psalms, that He would create the fruit of the lips, then He will create praise within us. And we're just going to ask Him before we start. We're going to say, Father, we ask You to create praise within us. You say, well, what should I expect? I can tell you what you can expect is something's going to create you. It's going to start bubbling up from the inside of you. When you don't, you don't have to speak in tongues. You don't even have to use your brain to speak in tongues. You don't have to work at it real hard. You don't have to think about it. My word, I do everything in the world in speaking tongues. I can read a book and speak in tongues. Because I'm not using my mind. I use my mind to read the book, and I use my spirit to pray in tongues. I do it all the time. I read my Bible and pray in tongues. Now, I'm not saying that that's always, that's, that's always the best way to pray in tongues. If that's, we need to, sometimes we need to focus in on what we're praying for. But we can also build ourselves up on our most holy faith, and we can just go about our driving, our, all our business, praying in the Spirit. Amen? And so uh, the same thing with praise. You don't have to work at it real hard. There's going to come a bubbling up on the inside of you of created praise. So in other words, all of a sudden a praise the Lord or a hallelujah is going to come up on the inside of you. Amen? So let's stand up together. We'll ask the Lord.